Welcome back, Crack fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Many of you listeners may remember a few months ago when we launched a program called Project Elite, a program that offers NIL-related opportunities to college tennis players across the country. Not only are we here at Cracked Rackets so excited to be able to support some of the players we follow so closely week in, week out throughout the college tennis season, but we're super excited to be able to provide a behind-the-scenes look to all of you listeners all of you college tennis fans, about what it takes to be a successful student athlete, what it takes to not only sustain yourself in college, but what you have to be doing on the side as well if you have professional tennis aspirations. And our guest on today's show knows about these topics all too well, a member of our Project Elite team, Ohio State All-American, first-time Futures finalist, Cannon Kingsley joins the show to discuss his run of future success over the past few weeks. He also talks about what was clearly a successful run of results for his Ohio State Buckeyes at the ITA All-American event in Tulsa. I wanted to pick his brain about how the team looks through their first few weeks of practice together, the things they're focusing on so that they can be ready for the start of the dual match season, get back to the places where all of us college tennis fans know Ohio State tennis is used to being. It's a fantastic conversation that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. So without further ado, let's get right to it today. Here is my conversation with Ohio State All-American and Project Elites, Cannon Kingsley. Joining us on the podcast once again today, a member of our Cracked Rackets Project Elite, highlighting some of the best in college tennis. Of course, you know him as a standout for the Ohio State Buckeyes, a guy who has quietly gone 15-6 and six on the Futures circuit over the past summer. Of course, he was a round of 16 appearance for him at the ITA All-American in singles. Of course, I'm referring to my friend and Ohio State's Cannon Kingsley. Cannon, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Thank you for having me again. Uh, it's it is. good to be here. As I say, always our pleasure. It's got to be imagined. I know uh, we were talking about it beforehand. It's got to be nice to just be back in Columbus. Maybe not as nice now that you're back under the grip of Ty Tucker. You might have had some freedom for like three weeks there, but it's got to be nice just to be around the team, particularly this early. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's good to be back. Um, Was on the road for about four or five tournaments in a row. Uh, It's a little bit worn out, so it's it's good to be back training, back with Ty, back with the team. You know. yeah, just ready to ready to have a good fall rest of the fall semester. I'm curious, when was the last time you had what was it? I'm looking here and you played, I think it's obviously six different events since the end of June. When was the last time you got to fit that many individual tournaments into your schedule? Because obviously with the pandemic in twenty twenty, you take a summer off there. Yeah, no, as far as being in college, I mean this is my third year. That's yeah. probably this is probably the most tournaments I've been able to play uh in my whole now not my third year. Um so it's good. I mean, to be playing futures week in, week out. Um, obviously, mixing in a college event here and there. Went to Georgia for like a day and a half. Played a invitational there a little bit, and then went to Tulsa. Um, you know, it's a lot, but it's it's good that you know we finally have that freedom again to go and play uh, different uh, different kind of tournaments. You know, so mm-hmm. happy no. about that. 
Absolutely, and I do want to talk about your team. I want to talk about that weekend at Georgia. I want to talk about all of the Buckeyes having success at uh, in Tulsa because obviously singles, doubles, you name it, you guys had a bunch of different successful results. But I do still want to start with those pro circuit experiences because obviously to you, Mazel Tov, my friend, first futures final for you in Lubbock at the 15K at the end of September for you uh, during that tournament. You beat you know a lot of familiar faces, two college tennis fans, two Baylor Bears, three sets over Charlie Broom, who wins the title the next week in Ithaca. You knock off Sven La in straight sets before uh, falling to Keegan Smith in the final. I'm, again, curious for you just in general, uh, how have you felt about your level of play on the pro circuit, what you've been able to accomplish this summer? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been playing a pretty consistent level, I'd say. I've probably played about six tournaments, uh, pro tournaments, and I think only one of them I didn't make it past the quarterfinals. Um, so I'm putting in a lot of points each week. I'm not really, you know, wasting weeks where I'm just going losing first round and then all of a sudden having one good tournament. Uh, they're pretty consistent, which is which is pretty key, especially when you're trying to make it and you're trying to make money week in week out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I've been pretty happy with it. I'm gradually, I feel like I'm I'm going further, deeper and deeper in tournaments, and hopefully I'll win one of these uh, by the end of the year. That's the goal. So. I like it. I like the short-term goal. That uh, A futures title counts as Project Elite, so we will take that for sure. But, uh, you know, again, for you uh, in Lubbock in particular, for people who don't know, that's an altitude event, and you're playing that at Texas Tech's campus. How, how do you go, you know, the week before you're playing indoors at the Columbus Challenger, right? And you're going from those conditions to the altitude in Lubbock. Do you find yourself more prepared to make those sort of transitions now than say, I mean, I think it's an obvious yes, but in what ways are you better prepared to make those sort of transitions to where you can go indoors from Columbus one week Mm -hmm. to playing outdoors and having success and making the final? Yeah, no, it's, it's tough. I mean, it definitely requires you to be, you know, practicing all the time, you know, inside, outside, like getting the tournaments a few days early. I mean, luckily I got to Lubbock about three days, I had like three days of practice before the first match, uh, altitude there was nuts. Like I think 3,800 feet, like balls are flying. I got all my rackets restrung like four pounds tighter. Um, <laughs> it, like it was nuts. And then I went to, I went to Tulsa the next day, all my rackets were strung at like ridiculously tight. Like I couldn't make a ball on the court. So I had to swing them all again. And then it was, it's tough. Like you gotta be like on the ball all the time, you know, changing your stuff recognizing where you are changing your game style honestly is a big thing too i mean playing in columbus i was hitting about 18 to 19 aces a match um and then going to you know altitude and uh windy and you know sunny it's tough to you know be popping aces like you can in the indoors in columbus and you got to kind of change your service patterns change how you're playing from the baseline and it's definitely a challenge but i think i've i've gotten a little better at it as the, as the years have gone by now there's no the unless you're keegan smith and you're six foot twelve uh no you're six you know six foot whatever he is seven that's the only time yeah. you can fire aces up in lubbock but you talk about your serve and i've got the numbers for you and i only have them from the two matches you played in columbus but just the two numbers that stand out 87% win percentage on your first serve points against Alex Vukic. 89% first serve win percentage against your teammate Mate Votzel in your first round match in Columbus as well. Now, uh, obviously, those are big numbers. And from an ace percentage, you mentioned it. You're hitting an ace pretty much one out of every five serves in, in both of those matches. Has the serve, I mean, the serve has always been a calling card for you, right? Everyone who's watched a Cannon-Kingsley match knows that's where it starts for you. You're going to keep pace on serve, and that allows you to be aggressive as a returner. 
But is that something you've, again, continued to hone in on? How important is that service game when you're playing against guys like Vukic, who's going to match you, right? Or Boitan in Champagne, who's going to match you in that pace? Has that been something you noticed as well? Has that been a particular area of focus? Yeah, no, for sure. I was definitely uh, working on that for about, um, I'd say I was I was back in Columbus for about four weeks where I was every single day I was going team practice and then just going individually and just serving for about 45 minutes to an hour, uh, working a lot on my slice wide serve, working a lot of my kick serve. Um, and it helped me a lot. Um, those first like two or three tournaments that I played, like I was serving ridiculously well, like champagne 15 K semifinal there and serving very well there, having aces in double digits. And then Columbus, obviously I was serving unbelievably. Um, but yeah, no, I think definitely I've been putting in a lot of work on my serve and, um, in Tulsa, I mean, in Tulsa, everything was a little bit like done. Like I wasn't serving well. I wasn't really playing well in general so i'm kind of resetting now and kind of starting back from the uh from the basics again and trying to get that serve popping again and how it was those those first three weeks i was playing some pro tournaments so um so yeah no for sure definitely yeah. was working a lot. I, I was gonna say i think you've earned the weeks off and yeah no the, again although i i forget his name it's slipping my head the uh the guy from hawaii it's um um i'm i'm blanking out on his name here andre andre, andre. andre Logan, yeah yeah I mean, he was money all tournament long. So, like, you know, you were one of them. Yeah, there's no no shame in that loss. But obviously for you, speaking of those college guys, you got to see so many of them throughout the course of the summer. And I'm curious if it's easier or if it makes it harder to go up against guys like, you know, Boyton and Baird and Kotzen and Clark, all guys you've seen before, even, you know, know, Rinky uh, when you played him over in the Edwardsville semifinal as well. Has it been fun to get to compete with those guys throughout the course of the pro events in the summer? Is there some bonding that maybe happens there when you're not Ohio State versus Carolina uh, that makes those experiences enjoyable? Yeah, I mean, it's so different, like yeah. playing these matches on the pro circuit compared to playing them in dual matches. Like, like I'll be walking around in a tournament, like I'll see like a couple of Illinois guys, I'll say hi, like this is how you're doing. Like if I'm playing on a dual match, I mean, they're yelling at, they're yelling at me, I'm yelling at them, like giving dirty looks like all that mm-hmm. stuff but like it's everything's like totally normal when you're just playing pro tournaments which i think is kind of weird uh i don't really like that about college tennis honestly but um but yeah no i definitely got to play a lot of college players this summer so i mean i have a general idea like where i'm at um and where i need to be i think playing guys like uh Boyton was was a tough match the guy's good and uh a few other guys like that i mean Kotzen obviously has been playing really well and um, a few other guys are going to be ranked pretty high in college so I kind of know where I'm going to be at and and yeah definitely got that experience uh, for the season. I'm going to ask you to put on your pundit hat and I warned you when we started Project Elite this may happen from time to time but you did get to see a bunch of these good guys and I just I want to hear the Cannon Kingsley scouting report and I mean, let's start with Adrian, who's had, you know, an awesome summer as well. He's made a couple of Futures finals and just, you know, like you, that's a guy you're going to circle top 10. That's a guy you could see with your Buckeyes multiple times, whether, you know, throughout the course of the season. Is it just the pace of the ball? Like, it, that's the thing that jumps out so much. But for me, it's just that it's the pace out of the corners. It's like it doesn't matter where he is on the court. That ball's coming back at you, Mach 12. What was your thoughts on playing him? No, I mean, he was hitting winners off my first serve uh, at <laughs> times. I, I think I was, you know, down break point once. I hit a kick serve maybe eight feet off the court, and he hit a backhand angle winner 
against like we were playing on the last court in Champagne. There was like this much space on the side for the fence and went straight into the side fence and I couldn't get to it. <laughs> he had some great shots. I mean, he's a good player. There's a reason why he's top 10. Um, you know, I feel like I can I can be there at that level too. Uh, I think I am at that level, but um, there's definitely still a couple of things I need to get better at. And, um, and yeah, no, I mean, I feel like definitely am, you know, a couple inches away from being at that top, top, uh, I think, of, of college tennis. No, that's a pick em match, especially once you incorporate no-ad scoring. That one, yeah, it's a pick em. The other guy mm-hmm. I want to point to is Rinky Hijikata, who obviously you also played over the course of the summer, and you look for Rinky here. He's 26-9 and nine over the past summer, and he's won multiple, I believe, Futures titles. And I'm just curious because you, him, Adrian, Kotzen is a guy you could throw in there as well, though it's a little bit different because you know they didn't have a season last year for Columbia. But you guys are all players who harbor pro aspirations, players who could go have success on the pro tour right now, and guys who are also, if they go back to college, going to be on teams that are pretty good. And so I am curious for you, like, again, be as candid with this question as you would like, but are you having these conversations with your peers of, hey, you know, why are you going back? Or why don't you think you're ready to turn pro? Are those the conversations you guys are able to have with one another? Because, again, in terms of people going through similar experiences i'm i'm just curious i can't imagine someone you know more parallel than those two yeah i don't know i mean uh as far as going pro i haven't really had too many conversations with the guys about you know why why would you go back i feel like college tennis is at a level where um guys are able to be playing pro tennis and also be able to compete for their team in the spring uh i don't think it has to be an either or thing i think um kind of like what what we're doing right now, me, Rinky, guys like Kotzen, other guys like that. Um, trying to think off the top of my head who else is, you know, traveling around right now, but I'm sure all a of lot them. Of, yeah. yeah. All the Baylor guys all. are all around. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously it's a decision everyone makes for themselves, but um, for me, as of right now, I'm very happy where I'm at and uh, continuing to play for Ohio state. So yeah. uh, I don't see, I mean, Unless I really pop off, you know, this uh, this next summer or next uh, few big tournaments, or I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, it looks like I'm going to be sticking around and competing. Yeah, no, no shame with that, and we're happy to hear it, of course. I guess the reason I bring it up is you do always wonder. That's just the perennial question, right, is when do you know with someone? And for you who lose two matches last year and you're having all of this pro success, is it – yeah, it's a ranking thing. Is it an opportunity thing? That's always the fascinating question. So it's always interesting to hear where you stand. But you talk about the quality of play again. All of those guys, and you can mention in August Holmgren, who's been killing it on the pro circuit, and he obviously makes the final of ITA All American. Shelton wins a futures final, and Vale's having success at Florida. It's your what third? I want to say third year now, third season technically. You're still a sophomore, but third season for you uh, here at Ohio State. How high quality is the level of play right now in college tennis? I feel like all of these guys are future pros. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, if you look at the rankings of a lot of these guys that are top 10, top 20 in college, I mean, they're ranked like, I mean, Rinky, for example, is ranked like, I don't know what he's ranked, like 440 right now or something like that. Um, I mean, the majority of these college guys that are ranked, you know, top 600, top 700 are playing like half a schedule, like not even half a schedule like a quarter of a schedule. And then you see like these guys that play full time that are like around 500, 600 in the futures. And you said to yourself, I mean, gosh, like if, if these guys in college tennis are playing a full schedule, I would, I would say at least 10 to 15 guys right now are top 350 ATP. 
mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think they're at that level. Um, and, and no, it's the scary thing is there are some of the teams have multiple of those guys on the same roster. And like, you know, again, this gets us to the ITA All-American for you guys. You have a bunch of guys competing. And, you know, in the end, I think it's, you know, Tracy comes from qualifying, right, to get to the quarterfinals of the main draw. You're into the round of 16. You guys have two teams in the finals as well for the doubles. Mm-hmm. It's just the qual. It's not just the guys at the top, right? Like, I feel like Tracy's another guy. He goes out there. He would find success at the futures level. Just there, that that success is going to translate. I feel like to be the best in college tennis right now, it's got to be one through six guys who could play pro tennis. Yeah, I mean, if you want to win a title, I think that's how it has yeah. to be. And I think that I think that we have that this year, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, with you know the addition of Jake Van Emberg and Mate Mate Vocal, I, I think uh, you know Trotter obviously has a game to play pro tennis, and I think Tracy as well. And um, you know, Boulay is getting better. Boulay is playing well, playing well in doubles. Um, you know, that was huge for us to have two teams in the finals of doubles last week, uh, especially after struggling so much last year with a doubles point. Um, you know, I mean, it's 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 big. I mean, if we're going to get the doubles point next year, I think we can be easily a top three team in the country. Mm-hmm. So. No, a hundred percent. It's you know, we like to play match calculus on our Crack Rackets podcast, and it's like it's everyone's racing to four points, right? Find your four. <laughs> And if you guys take a doubles point, how are you going to find four in singles? Like that's a really, really difficult question to ask any team. And that's how we can get into the All-American results, talk about your roster in the team group chat, which I'm sure exists. Tell me you guys are taking bets, right? Are you setting the line? You're like, give me cash vote soul minus 150 over Boulay and no. Trotter. No, but it's not that simple. But are you guys like, I'll take cash and Trotter and you guys are, or, you know, I'll take this team. You take them. We're betting sprints on it. Uh, no, we, we weren't doing anything like that. We're, we're just cheering for our, our, our guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, um, did it surprise you to see first tournament? They come through qualifying. I mean, obviously Robbie and John were John McNally were number one in the country and Mate and Emil Hud last year qualified for NCAA doubles on paper. You have two very successful doubles players. Did yeah. it surprise you to see them first tournament win the title? Really? I mean, yeah. they're, they're both unbelievable doubles players. I mean, they've both been ranked number one in the country in doubles. I mean, Robert, I think, can be good with anyone he plays with. I mean, Mate's got a huge serve, a great ball from the baseline, good volley. I mean, um, I don't see uh, teams that are, are better than them. Uh, I mean, Trotter and Boulay also, I mean, they're, they really stepped it up. I mean, they, they played really well last week. And those two guys, when they're on, when they're serving well, there's no one that's going to break their serve, in my opinion. Um so, I mean, we got those two doubles teams. Hopefully, I, I can I can uh, keep working on my doubles game, and um, hopefully, I can I can help fill out that that third spot or the doubles lineup would be would be clutch for us if I can keep improving with that. It's definitely going to be a focal point in the next uh, couple weeks practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, again, you sort of mentioned it, so I guess I'll use your words here. Although I think objectively, anyone who watched Ohio State last year would acknowledge. It was a down year from a doubles standpoint. Of course, Coach Tucker and his teams just historically throughout his tenure, they've been dominant in doubles. And you can look at, you know, all the various teams, whether it's, uh, you know, Cobalt and Metka or whether you want to go with Buchanan and Rolla and just on and on down the list. There have been NCAA champions and just all these different teams who can do all these different things. And yet last year, it did feel like you guys found yourself down 1-0, particularly in many of the big matches. And so I am curious this fall. I know there's some new faces you're mixing in as well with Jake, with uh, Mate, and obviously that helps. But how big of a focus has doubles been in the immediate? Because I feel like you guys, you all know what you can do with singles. 
Yeah, no, doubles has always been a big focus. I mean, even last year when we were struggling, obviously we were working on it all the time and just things weren't clicking. Um, I think now we have like a, a kind of new dedication, I feel like, to, to the doubles, and I feel like we're kind of starting to figure it out. Um, obviously, Ty knows what he's doing if we trust him and, and you know, do the things that Ty and Crow are telling us to do on the doubles court, and uh, I think I think we'll be successful. Um that's it, really. I mean, I think uh, as long as we as long as we do that, I think we're, we'll be all right. Uh, is he working in any of the funky formats? I know a lot of that was the shilling stuff, but they used to do yeah, like that the was one shills. Side. Yeah, that's all shills. That was, like right? a mean, that was a mean Kyle thing. We, uh, <laughs> we were doing some weird stuff. I was standing like behind Kyle. He was I serving know. the ad side. Yeah, I mean, that was fun. I, I like that stuff, but uh, it, it depends on who you're playing with. Honestly, obviously, Kyle's not here anymore. But um, but so shills. shills was a was a was definitely a factor in that as well. So he, he was a wizard. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> and I I am curious because I feel like last year must have been weird without him on the grounds because obviously he had been there as long as Ty had been there. And there's no doubt him and Ty and Justin they had a special relationship. The three of them. And I am curious, you know, again. That's the injection of just humor. I know Schilling. I know he does that stuff almost to entertain himself too. Just just try it. Like, what are we going to not try it? Like, let's do it. But uh, is that creativity that, you know, again, I feel like that creativity was also missing a little bit last season. Like that flair that Schilling brings. Yeah. No, I I agree. I mean, he was a big part of our team, at least my freshman year. I only had him for one year. But, um, you know, I think it's it's a lot of different factors that went into last year's doubles. I mean, I think that we're figuring it out and, you know, it'll be better this year. I mean, it's, um, yeah, doubles, doubles is tough. I mean, it's a fast, it's one set, you know, it's 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's stressful, you know, and you gotta, <laughs> uh, you gotta work on it all the time or else one miss one ball on a deuce point, you get broken playing a team with big serves mm-hmm. and you're done for. So, yeah, no, no doubt about that. But again, I mean, do you look? Have you asked a part? Tell me the story of that because Schilling's told it to me, but I think he was BSing me. Tell me the story of how you and Kyle do. So, for people who don't know, here's what I'm explaining. Kyle Selig, former Ohio State Buckeye, would be serving on the ad side of the court in doubles. Now, instead of the traditional position in the service box, which is normally where the partner will stand, you Cannon would stand behind the server, Kyle, so as to get a first forehand. Right? That was about the forehand. Five, but. I guess again the origins. How does that come up? Who thinks of that? That's brilliant. I I really don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, I guess in a sense it worked because we were getting forehands, and um, I don't remember actually. It was so long. It was like two years ago. I don't remember yeah. like if I was the one standing behind Kyle serving, or if, or if Kyle was behind me, or if we did it for both of us. I don't remember. But we did a few other things as well. I don't really remember. There was like one where I would stand at the net like really far over to the left like kind of like australian but like extreme uh yeah. like there was like like random things like that too just to like kind of get in the opponent's head and i think it was working i mean maybe we'll we'll go back to doing some more stuff like that but uh that's all nice. sure. yeah. that's a when you're doing the signals at the net when you give them i guess that's four fingers just that's a new signal give them the four finger yeah. call and that means yeah we're going to the two forehand formation um oh, yeah. i like that but no again it it speaks to uh again just the success you guys have had that you're willing to try out those sorts of things and you look at the talent you guys bring back we've talked about it but i am curious mate jake obviously those are two guys who've had a ton of success before and we talked about them the last time we had you on the show but now that they've gotten a month under their belts now that you all got to compete together in the hidden dual format or whatever that was over in Georgia 
how, how's the team been gelling through the first six weeks? Um, very well. I mean, we have, I mean, we only have nine guys right now. We're going to have 12 in January. Okay. Um, so, I mean, everyone's, you know, doing well. I mean, Mate's fit right into the team. Uh, great team guy. I mean, guys all love him. Um, you know, everyone's, you know, helping out with the school. Everyone's, everyone's helping each other out with all the stuff, adjusting, you know, all that. And it's been, it's been really good. I mean, other than, other than Mate, we've had pretty much the same team. So, um, in addition, we got uh, Reese Yakubov is a is a freshman. Also, he's a uh, from Columbus, so great guy, great team guy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I think we got a good culture uh, this year. I think we kind of rebounded from last year. I think we're kind of back to how we, we were before. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how we start off next year. But I think uh, I don't think it should surprise anyone if we're uh, at the top of college tennis again. I am 1,000% certain when you're scheduling your 6 a.m. hits that Yakubov's the guy you call because there's no way he's, reset. He's now. always the guy you call. Yeah, if I'm, exactly. uh, if, I'm, if I'm flying in on a flight at 1 a.m., I call, I, I call Reese. He's going to pick me up from the airport. Yeah, that's a team guy way. through and through. Mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. Love to hear that. Now, that's awesome. And, you know, again, for you guys, as you round out these next couple of months, as you prepare for the January dual match season, we've talked about the doubles, we've talked about the team aspect, but what are, you know, again, the other things you guys focus on so that you can get back to NCAA, you know, quarterfinals, semifinals, get back to the national indoors where you guys know you guys can be better than anyone else as an indoor team. Uh, you're saying what are the other things that we need? Yeah, to do? What, what do you guys do in the next few months? Um, I mean, gosh, I mean, we're just doing everything. I mean, we're just keep working on the doubles. I mean, uh, practicing, I mean, guys are playing tournaments. Uh, I'm obviously going to go back to playing tournaments again after a couple of weeks. Um, probably head over to Tallahassee, Ithaca, then we got the 25 K at home. So, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll be getting in the gym, uh, getting a little stronger. Obviously when we're on the road a lot, it's, it's not, uh, ideal as far as, you know, strength training, but, um, we got a pretty good strength trainer and I think this, the rest of the fall will probably be our focus point to, uh, keep getting stronger in the gym and getting physically fit for the season. I think it's going to be pretty essential for us. Yeah. No. And again, you guys bring back a ton of talent and, you know, now you've gotten to see some of those teams at the ITL American, some of the players you've gotten to see Florida. And obviously you guys know now Bicknell's going to Tennessee Baylor, obviously reloads again this year. And, you know, Virginia's not going anywhere. All of these different teams in the mix here uh, in 2021. I don't want to ask if there's anyone you have your eye on, because I feel like you're going to say, no, we're just focused on ourselves. I know the answer I'm going to get if I ask that question. But just again, when you when you look at the depth, when you look at just all of these teams at the top of college tennis, I know fear is not a luxury any of these top teams can have, but that respect you have for those other programs, it's got to be pushing you guys here this fall, right? You guys are well aware of the task at hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, we're thinking about a lot of different schools, obviously. I mean, it's hard to just ignore what's going on with all the transfers and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we know where we're at. And, um, I mean, obviously we got the, uh, what is it, the ITA indoor kickoff. We're going to UNC that's going to be big. Um, you know, obviously we've been doing our, even though it's not for a few months, obviously we've been doing our homework and, uh, getting ready for, for that trip down there. Um, we got Michigan very early in the season this year. We got them in January, um, which is very oh, unorthodox. So I don't, yeah, I think we're going away to Michigan also. Um, 
Well, that, that, that was one of the developments as I had heard is that Ty and Brad and Adam were like, let's just do home and homes. Why are we not playing each other twice during the year? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess that would make sense. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, like last year, for example, I think that would have been good. Um, playing twice just because we weren't playing, you know, non-conference matches. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely going to be a challenge, but right off the bat, I think we have like two matches against like Xavier and, uh, one other school. And then right after that, it's bam, Michigan. And then after Michigan, it's ITK golf and then it's right in, right into it, you know? So, um, we're going to be ready. I mean, there's a lot of good teams out there. Um, I think we're one of the best and if we're all, firing on all cylinders or winning doubles point. I don't think I was able that could be this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. I love, no, I love to hear. And again, should be a really exciting college tennis season. And obviously Ohio state is a team. Everyone has circled to do uh, special things here this year, but again, go up and down the list. I could make a case for Kentucky and like they're, yeah. you know, again, they're, they're freaking awesome. They're, they're coming to Columbus this year too. So yeah, uh, exactly. Like, Every, everyone's coming to Columbus. It's back. And are, you guys have a Texas trip too, I think as well, right? It's back yeah. on the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Everything there's balance has returned to the force. We're where we need to be here uh, in 2022. But of course, again, Cannon, uh, congratulations to you, man. You make your first futures final. Do you celebrate that? Or is it you're waiting, holding out for a title? Uh, no, I mean, I think I'll go win a title and then I'll, I'll celebrate a little bit. I, I, I mean, it was a good week. Um, obviously there's a lot of good weeks, a lot of, a lot of tough weeks. So that, I mean, obviously that was a good one to have, but, uh, definitely want to get that first title by the end of the, the fall semester. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. That's a good goal. I'm, I'm putting it in stone. I'm locking it in. I, I forgot to ask, by the way, just seeing Keen, uh, Keegan healthy playing the way he is that had to have been just obviously he beats you in the final that sucks um but it had to have been super cool just to see that run and just to see him healthy Uh again yeah no i mean he's a great guy i never really knew him before like Mm -hmm. that tournament obviously i heard about his story and everything that happened to him and i went up to him and and talked to him a little bit and you know warmed up for him a couple times throughout the tournament and you know he's definitely uh it's good to have him back in the tennis world i mean everyone everyone that knows him Uh yeah loves him he's a great guy and definitely uh good to see him back yeah no no doubt about that but uh again congratulations to you on the first final i look forward to the first title here later this fall and obviously wishing you and the rest of your buckeye teammates luck as you prepare for the 2022 season should be super fun so cannon thank you as always for taking the time stay safe stay healthy my friend all right thank you so much Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Ohio State and Project Elite's Cannon Kingsley. A thank you to him, as always, for taking the time to chat. We look forward to checking in on him throughout the course of the season. So know this, it will not be the last you hear from Mr. Kingsley this year, of course. We've had plenty of fun college tennis content of late here on this show last week. We spoke with ITA All-American Men's Singles Champion and arguably the player of the 2021 summer, Florida's Ben Shelton, to discuss his run to the title in Tulsa, his summer success, and of course, how he and his Gators plan to defend their title in 2022. We also spoke with 2009 NCAA singles finalist, former University of Miami associate head coach, and one of the great thinkers, in my opinion, 
found throughout the tennis world in Lao Valverde. We spoke with former Valparaiso men's tennis head coach Jim Doherty about his illustrious 35-year career. And, of course, we've got a lot of fun college tennis content down the pipeline. This week on the GSP, we're going to be recapping the ITA All-American Women's Event with a new Cracked Rackets contributor. Excuse me. We recapped the men's event last week. We, meaning Chris, Matt, myself, of course. Uh, And you can be on the lookout for our College Contenders content and all of our previous review content beginning in November. We're going to try some new things this year. We're super excited to be doing so. We hope all of you college tennis fans will listen around uh, along and follow along with us as well. But of course, again, with all of that said, a shout out as always to the super producers, Max Fleeter and Daniel Westoff for the f- of an editing job they do day in, day out. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to this podcast, the Great Shot Podcast, the Mini Break Podcast, so you, that you don't miss out on anything that is happening across the tennis world. Uh, of course, if you you need the more immediate updates twitter instagram facebook youtube we are at cracked rackets you want to message me directly i am at great shot pod but with all that said for our super producers fligner and westoff our fantastic guest canon kingsley and from all of us here at both cracked rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you've been listening to another edition of the cracked interviews podcast stay safe stay healthy we'll talk to you all soon thanks everyone <laughs>